Hi and welcome to Arrow's coverage of Infosec 2019. We are once again asking the hard questions of our vendors, finding out what their priorities are into 2020 and how they intend to help our channel to develop to address the ever-changing security landscape. We hope you enjoy this series, and if so, please subscribe. Okay, and we're back. So I'm now joined by Ixia. So what's your name and where'd you come from? Hi, my name is John Adams. I'm actually out of Georgia in the US, but I'm wow. actually based in Mainz, Germany at this time. So working with the channel in EMEA uh, for Ixia. Fantastic. So Ixia, it's um, it's a product we've had on the portfolio now for a good few years. But as with a lot of these security podcasts, they often get listened to by partners who aren't traditional security partners. And it always helps for a little bit of context to if you wouldn't mind just explaining a little bit about what Ixia does, who you are, and the types of solutions that you, you sort of uh, get involved with. All right, so um, Ixia primarily has two segments where you would say uh, visibility and test. Uh, Ixia, in the legacy days, mostly focused on test, and we've kind of incorporated visibility over the years. Uh, and this is where we started to get more involved in the security world. Uh, so we've created a branch of products to create a visibility architecture to enable the tools, the security tools that are out in the market. Our entire goal is to provide the best traffic, the cleanest traffic to the tools so the tools can work as efficient as they can. We don't situate ourselves as someone who works out in the world alone. We need the tools with us to create the best environment for us to work together in the future uh, to create the best, most secure networks. So essentially, I don't want to be uh, derogatory, but it's kind of tap aggregation, kind of aggregating the information or taking information through, or is it more than that? So uh, we, we start with, uh, let's say, like the premise of either using an out-of-band or an inline architecture. Out-of-band, yep. you're going to use taps where you're going to passively uh, collect data from your network, feed it into a network packet broker, where you start to apply aggregation, filtering, uh, and load balancing to your tool sets. Uh, probably the more popular idea is to use an inline deployment or use a bypass, uh, which is a, a fail-safe device that allows you to uh, be more resilient. Say if there's a power outage, you don't lose access to your production network. And with that, it creates uh, an entryway into the visibility architecture going into a network packet broker. From there, we have the same characteristics we had before, aggregation, filtering, load balancing, but then we can probably help out in some areas uh, that maybe they're lacking in their security environment, such as uh, SSL decryption or data masking for GDPR. Um, usually, as I said before, we, we try to be flexible to meet the needs of the environment and yep. coexist with all the tools that are currently there. So there may be other tools that do SSL decryption, but we can still feed you that traffic in the best way possible to ensure that tool, once again, works as best as it can. So you talk about these these tools. So why um, why do we need an Ixia product for these tools? How, how, sort of what's the, what's the problem definition? I appreciate we're going right back to bare bones, but just for people who sort of, they, don't, they know a network and they just imagine that you just plug these tools into a switch, don't you, and just get on with it? Sure, well, so like looking at the inline deployments, and if you had a firewall, you have a couple, of maybe two ports, we'll say that, designates your production network and you plug one side as A and one side as B and now you have a firewall in place. Yeah. So the play there is so you put a bypass in front of that so you get a, a better fail safe uh, for that firewall. 
but then also if you stick a packet broker in front of that and you place the firewall into a service chain, you now have the opportunity to, to scale this environment without any interruption to your previous firewall. Ah. So now you can say five years from now, you can start to scale into adding in firewalls or more application performance monitoring tools and creating service chains to best meet your needs. Yep, absolutely. It's a, it's a play on growth. It's a play on the 10 years, the five year, the 10 year, the 15 year. So you are, uh, that's a really interesting point. So essentially you are providing a strategic um, safety net, a strategic sort of plan for the future. Absolutely. So I mean, even going with the, uh, say if I wanted to move from uh, eventually from a 10 gig network to a 40 gig network, we don't want you to recreate your entire visibility architecture, change the bypass. The bypass now changes from 10 gig to 40 gig, you supply it to the same packet broker, your visibility architecture is still there. It's still safe, operating exactly how it did before, and you can still make use of your legacy tools because you still have these one gig links available to at least, you know, grab an extra 300 megs of web application traffic to do some analysis and buy your other tools with that. So you can you know, have better return on investment, uh, more creative complexity, and a better solution at the end of the day. Okay, okay. So one of the um, things you just mentioned is service chaining. Now, service chaining is something that we, we hear quite a bit about. But could you just give us a, an explain, explanation from an ICSI perspective what service chaining is? So um, a service chain uh, in ICSIA terms would be, uh, let's say, like a combination of several inline tool resources. Another way you could look at inline tool resources uh, in some of the upcoming terminology is a virtualized network function. So it's the same premise. A service chain could consist of several network functions, inline tool resources, yep. that can be used in conjunction with each other or you can have certain traffic sent to particular service chains. So if I have a certain service chain that's a web application monitoring service chain, I only want to send port 80 and port 443 to it. So this um, a service chain would just consist of your firewalls, your, your application performance monitors, and whatever else might be necessary for you uh, to complete your job. But I suppose almost more importantly, if I'm understanding you correctly, is that you could create a service chain for a specific application. So if you had an application that needed to be monitored in a certain way, needed a, a certain profile of security architecture around it, you could build a service chain that was specific to that application to perform the best possible protection, the best possible um, availability of that application. And then for another application, you could build a completely separate service chain which gave that the best possible security and platform to be able to deliver the best quality of, uh, of service to the end users. Absolutely. As I said, this is a flexibility platform. We are looking to enable the tools and ensure they work the best they can. We're not going to send you traffic you don't need. And more so, you don't want to have to deal with load uh, distress due to traffic that's coming in that you don't need. Yeah. So specialize your service chains to certain applications, specialize your service chains to do, uh, to, to be ready to scale. Um, yeah, create the best, create the best environment for your, your tools at the end of the day. So you said as well about virtual. Now, I would, you know, I'm, I'm aware of sort of some uh, competitive tap aggregation type products that sit physically, but can you also can you, does, does, does Ixia have a virtual version as well? So you can start to provide sort of 
flowing down into, into sort of software-defined networking as well as physical networking? Absolutely. So as we see the migrations into the cloud and coming more into a hybrid cloud environments as we see in the future, uh, we've had a, a legacy cloud lens VTAP uh, that focused more on vSwitch tapping. We've recently created a new concept uh, using sensors. Uh, in this form of tapping, we tap the containers that'll be deployed. And once again, containers, you can kind of correlate to virtualized network function so that you can tap into these services alone and still feed that traffic out GRE to your packet brokers or to your visibility environment, whatever that may be. Wow, so I mean, you, you can literally totally transcend what the physical architecture or the virtual architecture or the cloud or the container architecture is. Absolutely, and for me, you know, I, most of my um, career's been spent as a technician, network operation centers running around trying to fix things. And the worst feeling you have is, man, I wish I could have a better way to do this. This enables that. This allows you to create a new way to approach the problems we've always been facing. So with the flexibility of you know, having your out-of-band tapping, an inline solution, a virtualized solution, getting all the traffic to where you need it to be, as again, as slim, as efficient to where the tools need it, this, I mean, to me, it creates a, it creates the proper visibility architecture that can support you for the next 10 years, 15 years in the future. Yeah, and, and what I love is that, obviously, you don't know where the future's gonna go. I mean, I don't think that anyone could have predicted that containers were gonna have the impact that they did as quickly as they did. Um, you know, cloud, I think we're moving into a different place. So having a platform whereby it will scale with you and, and the other nice thing is it's not rip and replace. So often mm. we find that these technologies are, well, yeah, that's great, but actually if you want to go bigger or if you want to go wider or if you want to go deeper, then it's a you know, forklift upgrade from A mm. to B. You know, and we, we can sit there forever and operate and that's fine, but actually you guys are saying and being able to support the legacy. And I think that's something that's very um, under, what's the right word, sort of under, utilized in the world mm. today. Mm. So many people sort of focus on, well, we can help you to move to the next, we can help you to move to the next, but more often than not, you've got skills and capabilities in the legacy, so being able to support the legacy and maintain what you had, because it works and it's what everyone knows and it's giving and, and supporting the applications is, is really Absolutely. powerful. Absolutely, I mean, we're not gonna see people jump jobs in the next 10 years in, in a lot of places. They're gonna stay in these fields and work on the same equipment, and I'd say that's one of the hardest things uh, moving between equipment and software is different interfaces, different you yeah. know ways to, to integrate these into your solutions, um, and perhaps it you know it might not be necessary for you to make these leaps right now, but being prepared to do that might be very valuable for you. Yeah. Uh, with that, you know you can. I want to say, you can uh, allow yourself to continue to even use some of these same legacy tools if they're still useful for you, if they're not end of sale or something of yeah, that yeah. nature. I mean, you could just probably pop in another one if it's useful for your team. Again, it's, you know, it's, it's something to allow that flexibility, to allow you know, different skill sets to, to work together. And you could have a service chain that has all your legacy guys. You have your legacy technician working there. And you hired a new guy who's more of a developer and used to working in JSON and APIs and things like that. 
the old guy working CLI, CLI jockey's not interested in talking JSON or HTTP. He wants to continue to work in a CLI, and he can still be utilized in that way. There's nothing wrong with him doing that. He's still getting the job done. But for some of the new stuff, yeah, okay, we'll, we'll buy the new product, we'll slide it in there. We still have our old set that's still working and processing fine, and we have a technician that can handle that. But then now we have the, the next step, and that availability going to the next step and with the least pain. And that, that's our goal, least pain. <laughs> least pain, and who doesn't want least pain, let's mm. be honest. So, so we are essentially a um, partner-focused podcast. We try and put up our podcast out to as many of our downstream partners as possible. Now, as a downstream partner talking to a customer, what sort of questions or what sort of um, talking points would be, would be advantageous to ask to sort of identify a, a, an opportunity for Ixia? I mean, when, when would you, what sort of questions would you ask to a customer to sort of go, ah, I think I know the problem. I, I think I know the, the solution to your problem. So, um, so I'll be honest. Uh, I'm, I'm more on the technical side, so I That's haven't fine. had a lot of these conversations. Be but this, this, is, this is where I would say, like, <laughs> you know, and it actually kind of goes with uh, Arrow's five year out. And I think that's actually a great place to start. Where okay. are you going to be five years from now? Yeah. What's okay? I see you have this wonderful network. You're secure. You're happy. When generally, you know, we're coming just to give portfolio updates, give you know new information on new products and things like that. Question is, what's happening to you five or ten years from now? Yeah. Are you going to go through a network expansion? Are you going to have to include certain new uh, security tools to uh, deal with GDPR regulations? And these type of things, you know, need to be addressed now because if you try to address them on the like the immediate need of the change, you're going to find that you're going to be pushing back projects yeah. for six months to a year, and that's just money lost. And what I love is all the questions you've just answered. I don't know the answer to, but I can almost definitely say, yes, I am going to have more tools that I need to implement over time. Yes, I am going to need to deal with GDPR or whatever comes after GDPR or as part of GDPR. And, and absolutely, if I am a business that turns around and goes, no, I don't imagine I'm going to expand over time, then you're either, you're either expanding or you're going out of business. Mm. So actually, it's a great way to turn around and go, let me sell you, you know, structure for the future. Let me, show you, let me show you something that can sit there and help you to transparently scale over time. Absolutely, and to say that you're not going to change and adapt in the environment is, it's very false. Products, very products go end of life. Yeah, they do. It, it's part of our development process now to cycle, to, mm. to create new so that we can you know, focus on new feature sets and adapt to the future. Because if you stagnate for too long, you'll find that the pain of when you have to change then is very tough. Yeah. And it's infinitely more difficult than it would have been if you'd have just got yeah, on with the day one. And then you're hiring an, an entire outsourced company to come get it all together for you. <laughs> yeah, which is never, ever cheap. Never. No, fantastic. Well, look, it's been a fantastic conversation. Thank you ever so much for coming on. Appreciate your time. And if people want to find you, where would they look? Uh, so you could reach out to me at john.adams.keysod.com or go to our, our web pages, ixiacom.com or... Um, yeah, that'd be a good start. Uh, reach out to us there. Uh, I work for the EMEA Channel SC team. So if you have some technical questions, if you have some sales You're questions. You're the man. <laughs> Fantastic. Look, thank you ever so much, John. Really appreciate it. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. Please come back again next week for the next installment of our exciting coverage from InfoSec 2019. See you then.